Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, advocate, and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment, as we chat and nourish the mind, body, and soul, so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. episode of Overflow. I'm thrilled to be having a conversation with Leslie Forbes. Leslie Forbes can be found at Forbes, F-O-R-B-E-S, ForbesVoiceOver.com. She is a beautiful soul with this, just this beautiful, sexy, strong voice. So she's often found on these voice files, these auto attendants of different companies. I think that's so amazing. And really, I wish she would would do my next meditation app because her voice is just so beautiful. But we are going to have a conversation around how it takes a village, how we need to surround ourselves by a community, and equally stand on our own two feet. How we need to give ourselves some self-love and forgive ourselves and give ourselves some permission to sit through what we're feeling for compassion, to listen to the feedback we've been given and decide whether it's true or not. And we have a conversation about gratefulness and suffering and really gratefulness for the journey and trusting that journey and those sad times or those dark moments and believing that This is part of our journey, our experience, because the universe is always on our side. Please enjoy this conversation with Leslie Forbes, and please keep a lookout. She's writing a book, Never Perfect, But Always Blessed, and we will have her back to the podcast once it's officially launched, but I think that's the part I'm so excited about, her fortitude, her faith. Have a listen, join our conversation, and please look us up on Facebook. PeopleBrain.overflow is where our group is. We'd love for you to join us and join that conversation as well. I'm thrilled to have you join. I feel like since I have met you really just a couple times, but every time Mm. I've met you and interacted with you, my heart just opens up and it feels like um, you have a message to share and I'm listening to that message and I'm I'm so curious and I'm so open every time I every time I meet you so I'm thrilled that you are here on the overflow podcast thank you for joining well thank you so much for having me and I am so honored and so humbled and I feel exactly the same way about you Kim from the minute we met my spirit resonated with you. You're a very kind person and you're a great listener. There's not a lot of good listeners out there and you are a great one. So um, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's that (laughs) voice. It's that voice, Leslie. Uh, Thank you. I love your voice. Thank you. And your name is your dad's name, right? Yes. I'm named after my father. My full name is Leslie Ann Forbes. It's actually Leslie Ann Paula Martha Forbes. Yeah. They had a lot of time on their hands, my parents. So, (laughs) and he doesn't have an E though, right? Yes. He's L E S L I E and I'm L E S L E Y dash A N N. That's my full name, but I've shortened it over the years for professional purposes, just because I feel like I'm getting in trouble when people say Leslie Ann. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
exactly. That's how my dad. So yes, yes. So I'm Leslie now, but yeah. And, and they gave you the why. They gave you the gave girl. Me the why. Gave the my mommy gave me the why. Yes. Cool. She wanted it feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining. And what I, what I thought we would start with is really, if you would be willing, happy mm-hmm. to kind of share your story um, and your inspiration. Cause I think, especially during the pandemic, I find people are very busy. They have the mm-hmm. weight of the world on their shoulders and it's like we've a little bit lost our time or our conviction to like pause mm-hmm. and do mm-hmm. what is important to us, whether that's fueling our body or moving our body or whether that's sitting still meditating and, you know, finding mm-hmm. some peace. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start there? Why don't you okay. introduce us to you? Okay. Tell us a little to bit about your story. story. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Toronto, Scarborough specifically, um, um, my parents were immigrants from Trinidad and came over to Canada with my brother and sister. So I'm the youngest of three. Um, basically grew up all in Toronto. And then when I turned 18, I got pregnant, uh, with my son, who's an amazing soul, but, um, at the time, very difficult and had him at 19. The father was absent. So I was a complete single mom from the beginning. I had a great support with family and different friends and souls that, you know, were my village because it takes a village. Amen. Uh, so I raised him on my own. We had a lot of challenges because, uh, you know, he didn't have his dad and a lot of anger. And when the first man that you love and you give your virginity to abandons you and you get pregnant, it leaves a residue on your self-worth. So I had a lot of, you know, negative toxic energy that was going on inside of me, but you just pull through and you do the thing you have to do and you wake up every morning and you be a mother. And um, basically during that time, my mother also got diagnosed with uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. So it was very difficult for me because my mom is my best friend. She's like my confidant. She was the one that taught me about my spirituality, having a relationship with God, how important that was. So, um, when she got diagnosed, it was really, really difficult. But my brother and sister and I, we kind of rallied together and we took care of mom and did what we had to do. So eventually, Caden um, got to his college years and was basically deciding to go to college and live on campus. And with my career, with my work part, I didn't actually mention that. I started off in retail. And then from retail, I got a customer service job at Sprint Canada. And within that customer service job, I kind of built my skills because I was really good in speaking and talking with people because of retail. But as I got into the corporate world, it was really difficult because I had no computer skills, but I had to push through, but I was good with my speaking. So that was what made me successful in the role. So after that, I stayed with Sprint and I went into quality analyst and then I got mentored into becoming a trainer. And I thought, I can't train. I don't think I can do that. People aren't going to listen to me and what have you. But the manager that mentored me really believed in me. So I applied for the position and I got it. And it was the best thing I ever did. I met a great team of people and I worked my skills. I got my adult teaching certification and I love training. I love teaching people and helping adults learn. So basically I went through with Sprint Canada. We got bought out by Rogers. I worked for Rogers for a bit as a trainer as well. And then I left Rogers, went to another small company as a trainer and I got laid off. And at this time, Caden was going into college. So an opportunity came for me to actually become a corporate trainer in the Waterloo region, which is about two hours west of Toronto. For any listeners that don't know Toronto or the Ontario region, I decided to take the risk and come out to to the Waterloo region, purchase my first home as a single mother, which I could afford to do out there. I couldn't afford that in Toronto. And I left my son in Toronto with family support and what have you. And he went to school. So the first year in here was difficult. It was kind of like a sink or swim situation. I had no friends. I had no family. I was in a new city and the only people that I really knew were work colleagues. Mm -hmm. So it was a little difficult for me at the beginning. I tried to assimilate myself into the community. I joined the gym. I started volunteering at a woman's shelter that was specifically geared to single mothers. So that resonated with me a lot. So I wanted to find a way to give back, you know, becoming a new homeowner and all of that. It was, it was difficult at first. And then rock bottom hit and my mother died. Sorry, I might get a little choked up there. And it's been her sixth year anniversary was this August. So it's been a bit, your mother, right? Um, So it was very, very difficult, especially because I had to mourn her by myself, meaning that my family was two hours away and I was, 
you know, on my own. So, and you really don't start the morning process from my perspective until after everything is done, you go through the funeral and all that stuff. And then you're on your own. Yeah. Then there's the quiet, there's the quiet, right? Yeah. Everybody has left and you've loved every minute of their support. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really difficult. And I went into a lot of dark places. I was not treating my body very well. I was unhealthy. I wasn't exercising. I was just very depressed and negative. And I was single and without a relationship for a while too. And I thought something's wrong with me, all of that stuff. And I forgot to mention earlier, Kim, when my mom got diagnosed with Alzheimer's during that time, I started writing kind of like a journal. It's now turned into a memoir. At the time I used writing as a cathartic way to help me to remember the things that my mother would tell me, especially when it came to my faith, because I would go through things in life. And because she had Alzheimer's and I couldn't talk to her, I'd always have to say, what would mom say? Or how would mom tell me to deal with that? And everything always related to God, everything. And the main thing she always said is you have to have that relationship with him. So long story short, as um, after she passed and I went through mourning, I would say about two years. And funny, it's, as I was saying to you the other day, sometimes your darkest moment is your, your moment of awakening. And I went to Montreal to visit my cousin, uh, my cousin, Margaret, one of my favorite cousins, and she's a Buddhist. So she's a very spiritual woman. And during that trip, we spent some time, a good bit amount of time together. I think she kind of knew that I was mourning and I needed something to kind of bring me back to my spiritual. Um, So we spent, you know, a lot of time together having spiritual conversations and she took me to a Buddhist event and it really just re-inspired me to go back to where I needed to go, which was my spiritual faith. And one of the things that came to me when we were cleaning out my mother's stuff and what have you, there was a book that she had given to me to give to a friend years ago called Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And this book came out years ago when my mother was probably in her 30s, 40s, but I never read the book. And something told me I had to go find that book. (laughs) So I went to, when I came back from my trip, I went and I found the book Return to Love and I started reading it. And that was where my awakening happened. And I realized that we're not here to have a salvation of pain and suffering. We're here to have a life of abundance and happiness and joy. And once you decide to make that pivotal change, everything changes. The universe changes with you. And even though I thought myself, I'm a spiritual person, I pray, I believe in God, you know, I talk about positivity and all that. There was still a lot of negative self-talk that was going on inside of me. I was feeling like I was unworthy of love. I was feeling like I wasn't enough. I was feeling like, you know, nothing would ever really change or happen in my life that would bring me real pure joy. I felt like I needed a man to complete me. I was, you know, all of these negative things. So I'm thinking, well, if I'm a spiritual person, why am I having these thoughts? There's something inside that needs to, I need to work on. So the more I read her book and some other spiritual conduits that I absolutely love, I started to apply those practices to my life. And that's where my awakening happened. And it was really just de-layering all of that negativity and similar to what we say about overflow and your water, you know what I mean? And we talk about a cup of water. If you have dirt in that water and you shake it and you shake it, all that negativity is inside of you. But when you're still, that water kind of, that, that, that debris kind of goes to the bottom of the, the, the glass and you see it and everything else is clear. So one of the things I started doing was meditating. And I would pray. I was always a prayer because my mother taught me to pray, but I never really sat still in my thoughts and kind of went into myself and surrendered the things that were not serving me, which was fear, which was lack of self-worth, which was shame, which was all of the stuff that I'd gone through from being a single mother, raising my son, all of that. I surrendered it and I affirmed the things that did serve me, which was love happiness, being grateful that I was, you know, healthy and alive, that my son was healthy and alive, that I was born in a country that allows me to be an independent, strong woman and build a life for my son, that my family was healthy, that I still had my father and my siblings. Like there were so many things. And when I started to look at life from that perspective, oh my gosh, everything started to change. And the writing that I spoke about earlier with my mother And, you know, going back to writing the memoir and what have you, when I went to her or when we were at her celebration of life, I don't call it her funeral, we call it her celebration of life. Um, My brother and sister and I went up on stage and we had to do a tribute to my mother. And the chapter that I wrote about her, I read at the tribute. And I said to everybody in the audience, I'm going to turn this into a book. 
And at the time, I just kind of said it. I didn't know if I fully believed it, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I made this promise to my mother because I wanted to honor her legacy and I wanted to honor what she gave me in my life. Because my mother didn't leave me with a bunch of material or money, but she left me with the most precious gift that I will have till I die, which is my relationship and my faith with God. Um, and it is a spiritual journey. It's not a religion. It's a spirituality. It's an awareness. And knowing that I'm going to serve what serves me and my best good, and I'm not going to serve things that do not serve me. And it's hard, Kim. It's really hard. But um, once I made that decision, things had changed. So with the writing and the book, what I ended up doing was I booked myself an Eat, Pray, Love trip. I don't know if you've seen that movie, Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, one of my one favorite of my movies. It's one of my I know, favorites. It's such a good movie. And I love Julia Roberts. And I guess I think at the time the movie must have came on and I was watching it one night and I said, you know what? I need an Eat, Pray, Love trip. I didn't go to India. I didn't go to Italy. I didn't go to Bali. I went to Cuba by myself. I booked it. I went to an all adults resort and I said, I'm going to go away for a week by myself, for myself, and just to be with myself and work on my book. So I booked the trip. And when I got there, I freaked myself out. I said, oh my gosh, I'm here. What have I done? What have I done? <laughs> oh my goodness. I have to go to dinner by myself. Which aligns with the book. <laughs> exactly. It totally did. I didn't even make it up. It just so it happened. And then I got into my hotel room and I sat down and I said, Les, you came here to be by yourself. Embrace it. You are so lucky that you can create an, a, an experience like this for yourself. Your son is grown now. You're off and you're doing you. Have fun on this trip, girl. <laughs> so that's what I did. And every day I would, I would sleep. I would pray. I would meditate. I would cry. I would go to the beach. But every day I came back and I wrote in my book and I went into it and I you know, edited things. I wrote more chapters. And it came so organically for me. It felt right as I was writing. So when I came back from Cuba, I decided that I was going to reach out to a publisher and have this book published. So that will be launching in 2021. I'm so excited. The book is called Never Perfect, But Always Blessed, My Journey to Wholeness. And it's really kind of my life story. And speaking about, you know, all the things that I went through. And, you know, like I said before, Kim, when you're in darkness, you don't see why God is putting you through that. I, the, one of my favorite quotes is God is never doing something to you. He's doing something for you. So when you're in darkness and you don't realize, like, why am I going through this? Like, why can't I find a man? Like, why can't like, you know what I mean? But yeah. if you're embracing that negativity, that's what you're going to receive. And at the end of the day, all of the hard things that I went through with my son and raising him and all of that, oh my gosh, we've come completely full circle. And if I didn't go through those things, Kim, I wouldn't be the woman that's sitting in front of you today. I would not be. I wouldn't have my wisdom. I wouldn't have my internal fortitude. I wouldn't have my faith. And, you know, I think it's such a blessing when God gives you a child, because there were many times I was like, why did God give me this boy? This child is driving me crazy. But at the end of the day, I know exactly why God gave him to me. He grounded me, my son. And he just, you know, he reminds me of my worth every single day. And he's just an amazing soul. I'm so grateful for my boy. There's so many things I want to comment. There's so many things I want to comment on. And I kept thinking, I'm going to interrupt here. I'm going to stop you here. And I didn't, I let you go. Okay. For, for, okay. So the last thing you said was fortitude <laughs> and faith. And I think that's what I'm drawn to in you. Mm. They, um, my fortitude and faith. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. There is something about you that you wear that very well. Like somehow Thank that you. comes out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's your fortitude mm -hmm. and faith. But isn't it interesting that you said, so let's go through some of the themes here. So sure. one of the things was you had a baby mm -hmm. and you said it takes a village. Mm. And then you went to, you moved to Waterloo and there you are on your own and mm -hmm. you're seeking community. So you join the single mother's community. Mm -hmm. So you, again, like you join a community, you're mm -hmm. part of a, a village, right? It raises, raises you up. Mm -hmm. And then you said, there you are surrendering, surrendering yes. what is not serving me. And mm -hmm. then you do this eat, pray, love. And I'm mm -hmm. sure there's part of you that is wanting the community, but mm -hmm. then also there's something I would say strong about you that yes, it takes a village to help raise a child. And it does. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree. And then you move and you're on your own and you come yeah. to Waterloo. And mm -hmm. so you're seeking 
friendships, communities mm-hmm. you seek out, but a little bit of that is they're not there to serve you. You're there to serve them. The single mothers, like you're, you're yes, contributing to that's the community right. kind that's of evolves. Right. Yeah. And then you start to understand. So we talked a little bit about the water, but you're talking about like, what doesn't serve me. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, pay yourself, you go eat, pray, love, you go out on your own. Mm-hmm. And there you are in that moment thinking, you know, where's my community? Where's my village? And so the interesting part to me is now you're writing mm-hmm. to serve that. Like, yes, it's almost yes. like that, that sense of community a is very valuable to all of us. And I think yeah. during the pandemic, some of the safety protocols kind of holds us back, but it's something that we're missing in our lives, that sense of community. Mm-hmm. But there's another thing that you are like raising yourself up, mm-hmm. like you are receiving from the village, mm-hmm. like help me raise this babe. And mm-hmm. then you are, you are moving to Waterloo. And so you are seeking the community, but you're also serving. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Cuba and I'm sure you, I'm sure you made friends and yes, the, I did. the, I the part that people. you, the part that you point out though, is I'm empowered. I'm strong. I'm going to have dinner by myself. I'm going to go That's to the right. beach. That's right. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that about Cuba, because there was one other thing I wanted to mention about that trip. It really honed in to be grateful. Every morning I would go downstairs and have breakfast And the ladies that would serve me, there was one lady that was always there to serve my breakfast for me. And she knew what I liked. And, you know, people in Cuba have so little. They're not from, you know, North America where they have all of these things. And this one woman, she was so prideful in how she did her work. And she was so sweet and humble. She remembered my name. She remembered I liked orange juice and how I liked my pineapple. And she just was so diligent and so lovely with me every single day. And um, one of the friends that I'd met on the trip, she had visited, she visits that resort all the time. So she knew the staff and she was telling me a little bit about this woman. And I think she was also a single mother and she took the bus in every day to come to the resort and do the work. And, you know, she would come and talk to me every once in a while. She called me Miss Leslie. Oh, Miss Leslie, how are you today? And she'd compliment my hair and just a really, really kind soul. So at the end of the trip, I went through my luggage And I took out all the outfits or dresses or whatever that I didn't think I needed anymore, makeup, hair products. I mean, even for women of color to find products for our hair is difficult. So I could imagine in Cuba, it was even more difficult. So everything that I had, and I had 150 US dollar bill and I went downstairs, I put it all in a bag and I found her and I gave it to her and just, she was elated. Like she was so, and I said, do something special for yourself. And that was my way to remind myself as well that we always have to come from a place of humility and we always have to show our connectedness as human beings. I don't know what it's like for her journey, but I know what it's like to be a mother and single and go through some rough moments. So if I could give her that small gift of a few things to make her feel good inside, that that was awesome. And really, that was one of the things that was really resonating on that trip for me to do that for her. I, I can't wow. even remember her name, but a lovely, lovely lady. It's going to come to you. It'll it come to you at the end, <laughs> right as we close. But yes. I also love the picture of the water glass where, like, talk to me more about that. So I love yes. that concept of, so we have a glass of water mm-hmm. and you have all the Mm-hmm. particles or the dirt, like you said, mm-hmm. it's all like floating around. Like we're all, and I think people are feeling that, right. They are, if they're watching the news or if they're not watching yeah. the news, we, yeah. we don't really have the news on, but somehow the kids come home with the news, whether mm-hmm. they're talking about it at school or whether the kids are, are talking about it. But yeah, I think we kind of get dizzy so that all those particles, like when we think about our head, like sometimes you, you want to rest at the end of the day, but our heads are spinning, but there's something about settling it, settling it. And for me, it's meditation. You know, when I meditate, like I said, I surrender things that don't serve me. But one of the things that meditation has helped me do is when anything that comes into my life or my day that challenges me, Kim, or that upsets me or makes me angry or makes me feel hurt, I don't respond in that energy. I sit in it. And let me tell you, my girl, it's hard, especially when somebody's hurt you or betrayed you or, you know, you know, you're watching the election and you're like, are you kidding me right now? But at the end of the day, if you sit with it and you really assess, where is this coming from? This hurt, this feeling, am I saying something to myself 
based on that energy that is a lie? Am I taking somebody else's perspective of me or the situation and turning it into something negative? Because at the end of the day, this is not what I'm here to experience. So when I sit with it and I allow myself to kind of settle in it, then I can see that dirt. Like you said, when it settles to the bottom, you can see the clearness. You can really understand, oh, this isn't really my truth. This is somebody else's truth. I'm creating this in my head and making myself believe that I'm not enough or I'm not worthy enough of this thing or I'm not pretty enough or I don't make enough money or, you know, because somebody was angry at me or pissed me off in the day um, that I need to take their energy and, and respond back in that negative energy. So I think the formula, I guess, to it is just being still for a minute and realizing what really is your truth versus what is not your truth. And when you know what your truth is, then you're going to embrace the positive that's supposed to be happening in your life. Like I said, happiness, abundance, joy. Those are the things we're here to experience. We're not supposed to be in pain and suffering and darkness. So we can't control all of it in the world. The world is not perfect. I would like to control more. I would like to have more control. But you can have more control by being true to your authentic <laughs> self. I know I want to control more too. If I could control a few things, I would. I do. You know, really, but at the end really of the day, control feels good. So what? Yeah. So give me. So tell me more. So I. I mean, I would be interested, and I'm sure mm-hmm. um, listeners would. So in mm-hmm. that moment, mm-hmm. um, or at the end of the day when we've come home from work, or if you've walked mm-hmm. from one room to another because you finished work in one room and now I'm in another room. So Leslie, when you sit and do Mm -hmm. the meditation, you say to yourself, um, what is my truth? Is that where your mind goes? Is that the question that you, like, how, how do we do this? How do we settle? Because really, I think if I sit still, I think I'm just going to raise my fist and get madder. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, tell me how I do this. Um, That's a good question. It's a really good question. I'm trying to think of an experience that I went through just recently where somebody had hurt me and really I had to when I sat with it, I really tried to understand, okay, what am I hurt about? Am I believing something about what this person did in, in about myself? So this person betrayed me. If we talk about maybe, you know, even my son's father, that is something that I had to work on in terms of forgiveness, because forgiveness is never about the other person. It's really about you and releasing that negative energy. So for me, it's just trying to delayer what is creating this energy inside of me, what is creating this perception that I need to be in this dark place. And then when you can delayer that and remove that, and, and just understand it, it takes its power away to a certain extent. You know what I mean? We can't yes. control the behavior of others, but we can control how we respond to others. So really, it's how you're going to respond to that anger. Are you going to respond by yelling back and freaking back out? Because now you've just invited that negative energy inside of you. But if you respond, if you sit in it, okay, this person really pissed me off. Why did this person piss me off? Because they said something negative about my company. Okay, is that the truth? Or is it a lie? You know what I mean? So as you delayer it little by little, and what is it triggered inside of you, then the trigger is probably something from fear or something, like I said, you're creating in your belief, in your mindset to believe that it's true. When in reality, it's not, that's that person's problem. It's not my problem. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things I do, Kim, is I stay in my own lane. I do not compare myself to other people. I do not worry about external energy. I always know that whatever I need, I possess within. I will create, I will get, the universe will send it. So stay in your lane. Don't worry about other people. Don't compare your life to other people's and don't allow other people's energy to impact your positive, good energy. Again, we can't control everything and it's not perfect. We're human Mm -hmm. and our egos come into the play. But at the end of the day, If you can come back to that belief that I am here to experience happiness, joy, and abundance, I am not here to suffer. I'm not here to go into that. Then you'll be able to dispel that negative energy and draw boundaries in your energy as well to who you're going to invite in and who you're not. It's really just a a, a mental kind of checklist I do. I, but again, it takes, it takes work. It takes time. It's not take work. It's not, it really takes work, but that's that internal stuff, right? That you're working, you're cleaning up. The image of the glass is so great because when you were talking about what am I heard about, do I need forgiveness, delayering and truly understanding, it was mm-hmm. almost even as you were talking, I could see if, if I was imagining my mind spinning and all the particles and all the dirt like spinning in the glass, because that's what it feels like at the end of the day. Yeah. But then as you were talking and you're like, okay, delayer it. 
let's understand it. Why is it really, you know, triggering me? Why? And I could literally see the dust particles. And I was actually thinking, yeah, so then the dust particles are, is really that teeny tiny little bottom layer of water. And the rest of the glass that's filled with water is actually clear because yes. you're but a minute ago, right. I thought it was my whole being, which yes. kind of leads, which kind of leads into this day in your lane and the, and the universe will provide almost like, yeah, yeah I thought that those words, that attack, those comments, the, you know, mm-hmm. upset us that we can't control of other people. Mm-hmm. I thought it was everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you sit still, the, I can just see the particle. I, I feel literally, I feel like the, yes. it's calming. It just me. comes down and it, and it, and it makes you, you makes you see your real truth of what you're experiencing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's always moment to moment experience that that experience happened two, three hours ago, but you're still sitting with it because somebody has pissed you off or hurt you or, or betrayed you. And all of these things come into your self-talk. Well, that person's horrible, or I can't believe they thought that about me, or you know what I mean? And then you start to create these negative energies and then you start to create lies. Well, just because they gave me a dirty look, that means that and maybe they didn't even give you a dirty look, but no. you just assumed that because you've created this stuff in your head. That's right. You know? Well, we're so triggered. We're, it's there's so much going on that our yes. I always say this, our wicks are short, like Paul and I. Um, always refer to that at home. Like I just have a short wick and we have mm-hmm. less tolerance, I think, because there mm-hmm. is so much going on. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, there is, there is a lot going on in this world right now. That's for sure. Absolutely. But so um, there's okay. a lot, there's a lot to learn. Like I love the community and then the empowerment of I'm here. I'm on my own. I'm standing on two feet. Mm-hmm. And I love, so the title or the, is it official? The, the potential yes, title? That's the official title of the book. Yes. Never, Never perfect. perfect. Always, Always blessed. blessed. Yes. Yes. And that's the title for everybody's life. <laughs> I think yeah, I really that. do. I, it's never perfect. It will never be perfect. But there are blessings in every single thing. The fact that we are sitting here breathing is a blessing. It's true. And you know? I also understand you're going to continue helping, serving, volunteering. Single mother. Yes. Single yes. I do want to go back to that shelter because I did fall off when my mother passed because of my mourning. And so I do have a, a connection with them and I'm going to reach back out. I don't want to say the name of it just for confidentiality. No, that's all right. No, that's all right. Yeah. But um, I do want to do that. I do want to go back to Toronto to Scarborough specifically and go into the high schools and talk to the teenage girls about just self-love, even talking about candidly and transparently about sex, connecting with with men and, and love and all of that stuff. I really wish I had a mentor like that because I think girls that are in those ages are very idealistic. You know, we think that love is what we see on, you know, the TV and, oh, Mm -hmm. it's just so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. (laughs) And really finding the right partner starts with loving yourself because for all these years, I thought it was, oh, I'm going to find that man to complete me like the Jerry Maguire movie. Mm -hmm. No, it's not about finding somebody to complete you. It's about loving yourself and feeling whole within yourself. And you will attract that man that that partner so Mm -hmm. I think that those communicate those kind of conversations need to happen more with with the younger generation especially now with social media oh my goodness it's true we didn't grow up with that so I mean there's more images and and expectations and needs to I mean you see these young girls putting pictures of themselves provocatively on online because they feel that that's what they need to do to attract a partner Mm -hmm. you know and then the young girl gets pregnant and then, you know, the, the cycle continues and they have a baby and, you know, it, it impacts our economy as well, because there's another young girl that's on welfare. Mm-hmm. There's judgment and shame and all of that stuff comes with it. And I really just want to be hopefully a mentor and a big sister to these young women to help them believe in themselves and know that their dreams matter. And if you are a single mother, that child came to you for a reason. It's a gift and be grateful in it and enjoy your child. I did not enjoy my son when he was little because I was 19, 21. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to hit the clubs and find men and do what you know. I didn't, you know, engage in him enough. So, um, you know, now I think well, that's why we're guilty. so close now. Don't yeah, feel too guilty. I think mom, all moms, mom you know what? Us. I think all moms think that <laughs> because there is, there is a balance. Like you have the baby and, mm-hmm. and you've got to take, you know, time to take care of this, of this baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a significant other, like, like I did, like he continued on in his career and I didn't, I stayed home. Yes. Like, yeah. So there, and then, you know, you try and get back into your career and you're trying to step back and you're trying to catch up for the time lost. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was a bad time, but it was time that I was away from work. And so you're trying to catch yes. up and we had yes. a second. And so again, I was trying to catch up. So like, I think a lot of us do feel like, oh, did we really enjoy those yes. times? Yes. And I think, yes. like you said, I think we did our best. I mm-hmm. love your tip around self-love because mm-hmm. whether whether we are single or in love, I think it comes, like you said, the first priority is loving yourself. Yeah. You have to love yourself. And when I say self-love, it's not having a bubble bath at night. It's accepting yourself for who you are, accepting your circumstances for what they are. Just, yeah, loving you and accepting you and forgiving yourself for the things that you might've not done or did that were wrong. You know, when you know better, you do better. So at the end of the day, I was 19, 20, 21. I didn't know any better. But now that I know better, I do better. And I'm so much more engaged in my relationship with my son. And it's, it's such, we went completely full circle because there were days I did not like him. I loved him, but I didn't like no. him. <laughs> I'm with you. Again, a whole other podcast, but it, that's a whole other story. Don't feel guilty. Yes. Don't feel guilty. Yes. It happens. Yes, Just, exactly. Yeah. But love yourself and know that you are worthy. You are so worthy of happiness and of love. And that's why I say that the comparison thing is so integral. I did that all the time. I used to see all the people getting, you know, all my high school friends graduating and, you know, getting married. And why am I the teenage mom, single mom, you know, but now I look back on my life. I'm like, yeah, thank you, God. You know, so yeah, the end of the day, love yourself, man, and accept yourself for who you are. You're just as worthy as anyone else. Just as worthy. We all are. What would you say are your, you know, best, best pieces of advice? So you're writing this book, Never Perfect, Always Blessed. There is a lot about community kind of receiving and giving, but also equally empowerment, standing on your own. And I love the self-love where you're saying, accept yourself, accept Mm -hmm. your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then equally kind of on the other balance is also forgive yourself. Yes. Yes. That's very, very important because you'll live with guilt all the time and you'll live from a place of feeling like you're deficient or you're not, you're not enough. You know what I mean? So you have to forgive yourself, forgive yourself. And again, just pour love into yourself. Do the things that make you feel good. Even if it's just little things, you know, if you feel like going out and have a Big Mac, go have a Big Mac girl. If that's going to make you feel better, then do that. You know what I mean? If my niece was telling me the other day, she sits and binge watches all the the kids shows with her sons, you know, and she goes, I might not be doing anything, but I'm still spending time with my boys and I'm seeing what they're ingesting in the shows. And to her, that's self-love because it makes her feel good inside. So whatever that makes you feel good inside, give yourself the permission to do that. I think single mothers, we don't do that enough. You know, we, oh, I got to get this done. I got to get, and you're just so exhausted. Just sit for a minute and do something that makes you feel good, you know, and love yourself enough to say, I deserve that. I showed up for myself and for my child today. So I deserve a Big Mac. (laughs) I know it sounds trivial, but I'm just saying that because again, it's, it's a little bit of a privilege to have that time to do things for yourself, especially when you're a single mom, you know, you're working, you're, you're on the nine to five, then you come home and you got to take care of your child and might be homework and laundry and turn around and it's 10 o'clock. How do I give myself self-love Leslie? Like, how does that work? You just find ways, different little things that you can do in your day to try and help you to serve what makes you feel good inside. Cause it's so important. It's so important. And to show that to your children as well. Yeah. I like the role model. And again, like I've said this before, but when the opportunity came up to have a podcast, Mm -hmm. my heart went out to the women who are high achieving, busy, multitasking, like Mm -hmm. doing stuff for their team, demands on their shoulders. But what's happening is just how you describe that single mom, she's so busy, whether it's, you know, at home, work from home, or whether she's worried about her team safety and the getting the Lysol wipes and we're running out of paper towels or whatever, Mm -hmm. all those things that at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, you know, they've done a good job as a leader or as a entrepreneur, as an owner of a business. But then what's happening is they're coming home and they're exhausted. Yes. They're exhausted. 
Yeah. So I, I like the, I like the pause and meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. like the glass of water, you know, calm all that that's going down. Yeah. That's spinning in the glass. And the I love spinning. the self-love kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just slow down and, and just give yourself a minute and think about all the things that you're grateful for too, just to be grateful to have a roof over your head or that you got past that interview today or whatever it is, but gratefulness always brings abundance and more abundance, you know, because I'm 20 bucks guys, there's someone else out there that's suffering or that's in a worse off situation than yours is. So when you start to look at what you have in your life to be grateful for it, it actually starts to look pretty good, you know, and the grass looks green on your side of the sink, looking at the other side. It's all good on this. It's almost like that gratefulness is that journey to wholeness. It is. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And it allows you to accept your circumstances for what they are. Yeah. Fully, fully and completely wholly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fraction. I'm not less of. Yes. No, exactly. And it does not define you six years ago, seven years ago, I was in a base, an apartment in Scarborough with no money in my account and arguing with my son and not in a good place. And where I am today is a complete 360. And like I said, Kim, sometimes you just have to trust your journey, trust the darkness, trust the hard stuff. It's doing to fortify you. It's doing it to give you wisdom. It's doing whatever it is happening in your life. Believe that it's part of where you have to be, what you have to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you can't always look at it as woo is me because the universe is on your side and, and so is God. He wants you to have a happy life. He doesn't Absolutely. want us to suffer. Absolutely. But when you share your stories, you see how much more similar we are with each other than we are not similar, you know, because we're all souls, we're all humans, right? And we're having a spiritual, we're having a human experience of spirits. That's my opinion anyways, because I do believe my mother is with me. I believe her soul is with me. So I don't believe she's just gone. You know, I know her energy is still around and her legacy is with all of us. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you see signs of your mom? I do. Actually, I have a cool story about that. After she passed, it was probably about a week before we did her celebration of life. So I was in Toronto and I spent a few days after she passed in Toronto. And then I came back to Kitchener. And my brother said to me, you know what, kid, you should do a wake at your house. Have some of your friends over, you know, put some flowers up. So that will help you to feel good about, you know mom and her passing and so on and so forth. Cause in our culture in Trinidad, they have wait right after and people come and what have you. So I invited a few of my friends over and I went to the store and I bought flowers and I put little flowers in cups of water all around my house because my mother always would do that. She put a flower, she saw a flower, she put in a cup of water. And I was crying profusely before my friends came over. I was just so sad. And I'm like, and I looked up at the sky and I said, mommy, just let me know you're okay. Please let me know you're okay. And I looked down at the flower, Kim, it was a daisy. I remember it. And the petals of the daisy went up on its own. And at that instant, I knew she was okay. I knew she was okay. Like, thank you, mama. Thank you. So yeah, she is always with me. She is always with me. And uh, with my siblings and I, we talk about her all the time. Um, I go to where her resting place is. She's in Mm -hmm. Pickering. So when I go to see my family, I pop by and see her. Mm -hmm. But I talk to her all the time and I have her picture up and I just hope she's looking down and very proud of her family and of this book when it comes out, because it's really in tribute to her and honoring her. Yeah. Thank you. My, my dad, when he had lost his mom and I was young, I remember Mm -hmm. him saying that, you know, she would, she would send him messages or he, he would talk to her or whatever. And Mm -hmm. my dad is, my dad has passed away. It's four years now. And I, I definitely talk to him. I definitely. Yeah. And it's usually in the car actually, because I used to call him, like I'd be in the car, you know, traveling for work and I would phone and have a chat or whatever. So I don't dial. Although sometimes I've (laughs) dialed my mom forgetting that my dad's not going to answer, but often it's just me talking in the car, talking to him, you know, expecting that he is listening and that he will give me a sign or send me a hug or. Oh, yes. Well, there's the, another story in the book that you'll read more about that when it comes out. But um, yeah, yeah, it's definite evidence that, you know, something greater than us does exist. And, you know, we are souls and our soul lives forever. So 
feed the soul, people feed the soul with Mm. positivity and love. (laughs) I love it. I, I really, I really enjoy all our conversations and I'm inspired. There is something again about you that I, that, that fills me up. That fills me up. I would like more of you in my life. Oh, well, um, I am so, so grateful. So do I. I love, I love spending time with you. Like I said, I think you're an awesome listener and I, I think you're a very genuine soul. You're a very authentic woman. What you see is what you get. And, you know, I, I believe that how you behave in front of people and how you behave behind closed doors should be the same thing. Yeah. And I know that that's who you are, Kim. So I'm, I'm so grateful that we met on that entrepreneur retreat. It's true. It's true. So I always ask if you're reading a book, I know you recommended return to love. If there's Mm -hmm. anything, any other books or podcasts that you're listening to or reading lately that you would highly recommend. Well, I will be honest. I am a big advocate of spiritual books. Those are the books that actually resonate with me. I'm not much of a, you know, person for other books. One of my other spiritual conduits and amazing author is Gary Zukov, Seat of the Soul. Amazing, amazing. And he talks about your soul and what we're here to experience as spirits and, and, you know, that our soul is here to experience happiness, cooperation, reverence for life. We're not supposed to be in a place of darkness and despair and negativity. So great, great, great book. Yeah. 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 what about the other question I like to ask is sure. if you were to, if you were able to go back mm-hmm. and whisper to that 20 Little year girl. old, yeah. <laughs> yes, what yeah. would you say to her? Like if you, she's, she's 20. So she has a one year old yeah. and life is quite different than mm-hmm. a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. If you could go back or if you had mm-hmm. a single mom in front of you here today, mm-hmm. what advice or what counsel, what would you whisper in their ear? Mm. One of the things I, and I think I've already said it, but I would say it to her is that you are enough. You are beautiful, resilient, smart, resourceful. You're enough. And you're enough of a mother for that child. You're enough. Don't think that because the child does not have the father, that you're not going to be enough or that child is going to receive any less. That is not the case. You are enough. The other thing that I would say is the journey is the destination. Don't get so caught up in in trying to complete everything tomorrow or, okay, well, once I get there, I'm going to be happy. And then when I get there, I need something else to be happy. And that's great advice. Choose your happiness today. Choose it in every single moment. Choose it when you wake up and you hold your little baby and they put their hands on your face and say, mommy, you know what I mean? Everything will evolve and, and happen in its right time. Just continue to stay focused in your lane and do the things that you need to do to maintain yourself and your child. And it will all work out. It's a journey to hold. It's a journey all the way, all the way, guys, all the way. And one thing is not going to create full happiness in your life because then you're going to be searching for something else, right? It's a choice that you make every day. So that's one of the things I would say to her. And if I can say one more third thing. Yeah, give it to me. I think I did already say it, but I'm going to say it one more time is again, the the comparison thing, not comparing yourself with others and not feeling like you need external validation for your life. You don't, don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about their opinions of your life or your child and don't compare your child to other people either. I know mothers that, oh, this guy's kid is doing great and has trade A's. Mm -hmm. I would do that all the time with Mm -hmm. Caden, you know, and I realized that that was the worst thing I could have ever done because he's here for his journey as well. I'm his conduit, mm-hmm. but he has to experience things and go through things in his life as well. So yeah, don't compare your children to other people. And wouldn't it you know? be boring if we were all like each other? Like if we really stop and think about it, like it's when true. you think about it, yeah, all our kids were like their kids. Like that's right. Exactly. And your kid has its own journey. Like the things that my son, my son has his degree in film and production and he's a professional gamer. He he's traveled all over the world and competed in gaming street fighter for people that want to know. But yeah, like, and I would have never thought that would have been something Caden would have did. Like I thought he would have been a lawyer or a debater because he's very articulate and very well, you know, so gamer. He's very articulate. (laughs) You're going to be a gamer. But yeah, and he's, and he's so incredibly happy in his own skin. And that's success to me as a parent. Use your voice. Yes, and it's use your you. voice. Your voice matters. We didn't talk about my Forbes voiceover, but yeah, that's my new yeah. company. It's one year. 
um, that I launched it and it's doing so well. (laughs) Well, we can't, we can't end, we can't end without mentioning it because you are an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of dipped your toe. And the next thing you know, she like jumped in full, like (laughs) fully as an entrepreneur. And so you have this, you really do have this stunning, beautiful voice. Thank you. And so you're using that. So you were in sprint turn to Rogers. That's right. And then I love that you got your um, adult training, which I think will yes. benefit you as you yes. speaking to even young adults That's or like right. adults that that'll serve you well, but yeah. here you are as well, you, you describe it. Yeah. Um, so I'm a professional voice over. She's a um, professional voice. So I'm a professional and voice. Yes, yes, that's right. And so, you know what? It was universe driven, Kim. I didn't go looking for this, this gig, as I call it. Um, when yeah. I came to Waterloo and I connected with this telecom company out here, I was the manager of the training department. So in our roles, we would go out to the clients and implement the phone system yes. and train the user- users on it. So long story short, so who all wants the to put their say, voice on the yes. phone? They say, I don't want to say press one, hold. No, I don't exactly. Want, I don't. Yes. You so can they train wanted me all my voice. Want. That's wow. right. So when I left the company, my voice was on, you know, so many auto attendants. And I said, well, now that I'm not there, how are people going to get me? I'm going to start my own company. So that's Forbes voiceover. And yeah, I have over 30 voice clients. I did my first audio book. And I hope to go into more stuff, hopefully animation, maybe, or even radio. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah. yeah. And so if they wanted to reach you about your, for your voice, what's your website? My website is Forbes voiceover, all one word.com. And I'm also on Instagram, Forbes voiceover, all one word. And we'll make sure to put them in the show notes, but just, I like to kind of just say it out loud. So if someone's listening, they can, they can look you up right away and we will wait mm-hmm. until 2021 which is really just around the corner for this new book and then maybe yes. you'll come back and we'll talk about we'll read the book we'll yes. talk about it we'll get a book club yes oh yes, i'm so we'll excited i would love to do that with you that would be I would great love that. and yes. you will definitely be invited to the launch so you keep your your eyes peeled for that i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> let's bring 2020 to a close and let's do that let's that's do that right i'm ready to <sighs> Well, thank you. Thank you for joining the overflow. You are living in your overflow and you're teaching us about meditation and self strength Mm -hmm. and resilience. Mm -hmm. So keep talking, keep using your voice because we're listening so, so much and it's speaking to our hearts. Thank you so much, Kim. So humbled and so grateful to have been here with you. It was a great, great experience. So thank you. podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.